0: Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Barbara Rothberg, DSW, LCSW. For more than 35 years, Barbara has specialized in helping clients resolve conflicts and navigate transitions in their lives. She works primarily with couples to understand each other and develop compassion for their differences and work through their issues. Welcome, Barbara. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Catherine. I'm happy to be here.
0: And I know that you have an upcoming program, and I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about how teenagers cope with divorce and what happens to them, and the, if I can say the aftermath of divorce. How are teenagers different than younger children dealing with divorce issues?
1: Well, teenagers are definitely different. That We have to look at the developmental stage that they're at when they're teens which is very different than young kids and in some ways it makes it a very stressful time for their parents to divorce i should say this never a good time for parents to divorce and kids generally will always cope especially parents who really take care of their kids but the teenage years are a little more difficult and that's because developmentally when kids are teenagers the most important task for them developmentally is to begin their autonomy and to separate from their families when When a family separates, the last thing a kid wants to do is separate because it's scary. The parents are coming apart and it's a hard time to leave and to kind of individuate and come on their own. So while that's the main task, it's like it's contraindicated. The other thing that happens for teenagers is it's a time when they're very much peer oriented and not so much parent oriented. And they want to spend more time with their friends and more time doing activities. And again, because of that, when that's the natural inclination, if parents are splitting up, they may feel more of a connection to stay at home and want to stay home and see what's going on because there's a split at home and it's not as comfortable. So again, it makes a developmental task contraindicated. And the third thing that sometimes happens is if parents are beginning to date And children see their parents being sexual, it's kind of a hard time for them because they're in the beginning of their budding sexuality. And usually kids are very narcissistic and they don't want to think about their parents having sex and they don't want to think about their parents connecting to somebody new when they're doing the same thing.
0: Well, they don't want to think about their parents connecting to anybody, even their other parents.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So if, in, in an intact family, kids don't think about that at all, and they just go off on their own. When the parents are dating, the kids start seeing the the parents like kind of spiff up and get ready for dates and be excited about dates, which this is all fine and good, but it's kind of hard for kids to see.
0: So it sounds like what you're saying is that when children are at that age, as they are in their teens, in the middle of the separation from their families themselves, it creates a sort of scary situation when that home base isn't such a base anymore. And Absolutely. that, and when you say contraindicated, well, maybe you could talk about what you mean by contraindicated. Sure.
1: What I mean by that is that it's the task developmentally is for a child to become independent. And when a family is splitting up, it's scary to be independent. It's a time when kids often want to stick near home and make sure everything's okay. You know, there's this fantasy that if I stay home, I've heard kids not want to go to school because if they stay home, maybe the parents will stay home together. And I've had young children do this. It's, It's a scary time when parents split up. And in teenage years, if parents are splitting up, kids want to be around more instead of just having the freedom and the comfort which they would have if there's a security from home that they could be more on their own. So that's what I mean by contraindicated.
0: And let's talk about one second about what you mean by a teenager. Like, when does this start uh, happening? It's and It's a good question. Yeah.
1: Kids develop at different ages, but I would say... Th- kids begin to be on their own at really about 12 and 13 when they begin to have a little more freedom and and go out and spend time with friends and have more sleepovers or maybe go out in an evening on a Friday or a Saturday evening and they hang out with friends after school and they're more interested in their friends than, than coming home. And friendship groups become very, very important. And I think as they get older, it gets, becomes even stronger when they're really independent and can travel on their own. Um, it's also different in the city and in the suburbs and the city kids are taking subways, uh, pretty much on their own, especially if they're in middle school where they have to take a subway to middle school. They are already traveling. I mean, I work in the city and they're traveling on their own at 13 because they're in middle school um in the suburbs i think that they have to be driven places so it's a little more control that parents have so that also affects how kids have freedom
0: yeah but circling back between you know control parents have versus freedom that they have Versus how they deal with the divorce, like, or, you know, or the, you know, possibility of divorce. Is it better? I mean, I don't know if you can even say this. Is it better if their, you know, parents have more control or their, the children are forced to spend more time with mom and dad because they need a, you know, a driver? Or <laughs> if they're like, okay, I've got my Metro card, so I'm free.
1: Well, I'm not sure if it's better or worse. I think that there are different issues. Teenagers are always problematic. And I think that if we all look back to our own lives, we probably all have stories about how difficult we were as teenagers. And if we're parents, we could talk about the difficult, uh, our kids, how difficult our kids were when they were teenagers. I think that teens always are problem times. And it's not better or worse, it's different problems. Yeah, And I think that one of the other things that comes up, if you have a single parent, if parents do split up, and you have more than one child, it becomes difficult, especially if you're dealing with chauffeuring kids and being the driver, you have more than one child to get someplace. So yeah. that sometimes becomes an issue. That's
0: a whole different logistical nightmare. Yes,
1: and it makes it very different if you have one parent taking care of kids. So that's one of the pragmatic problems of couples splitting up.
0: Well, what about college years? You know, I think that sometimes people wait for their children to go to college to split up, and I think that can actually be very difficult on children. What's your take on that, Barbara Rothbard?
1: I agree, Catherine. I really do, because I think that there's a surprise element in that. A child goes off to college thinking everything's okay and secure and comfortable, comes home for Christmas vacation, and worst case scenario, dad moved out. And then there's this shock of what happened. And doing things in secrecy and behind kids' backs uh, creates lots of problems. Uh, I've had similar situations when parents have decided at times that it's a good time to split when the kids are in camp in the summer. And then they won't have to deal with it. But rather than not dealing with it, they get shocked by it.
0: And 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 I think feel responsible. Like, wait, wait a second. I went away for five minutes and look what happened.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like what, what happened behind my back? Yeah. And secrecy is toxic in any family. And if kids don't know what was going on and then it all of a sudden happened, that creates more bad feeling. What else goes on that I don't know about? Then the questions start coming. Then I have to really worry because the security changes.
0: Well, and what about when parents have more than one child and one child goes to college and you've got another child or two children at home what would your recommendation be for parents to tell the children and you know sometimes they'll oh they'll tell the children at home or they won't tell anyone until christmas vacation or summer vacation you know and I think it's a real problem and it's confusing for parents to figure out what the best way to tell children might be in Absolutely. that situation, what's your advice?
1: My first my first piece of advice is don't tell children in pieces. Everybody needs to know the same time. Because if you tell children who are home and the child away at college isn't told, the child who finds out afterwards could be very upset. All kids need to be told at the same time. Again, so there's no secrets, and you're not holding anything behind anybody's back. And I generally suggest that when things start falling apart and it's really known, kids pick up these. Kids are very sophisticated these days. And when parents are really having a hard time and they're going to split up, it's helpful to give the kids... A warning by saying, you know, we're really having a hard time, we're fighting a lot, it's really difficult. And if a child says, mommy, you're going to get a divorce, rather than, no, no, dear, don't worry, which is probably a lie, it's better to say, I don't know, we're we'll trying to talk about things and we're not sure. So there is at least a beginning of a possibility that a child isn't given false reassurance. There's an honesty in
0: that. You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce here on WVOX, 1460 AM. We're here every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast on the website, www.divorcedialogues.com. I'm talking today with Barbara Rothberg, Barbara is a social worker who specializes in working with families and with children, and we're talking about teens coping with divorce and the creation of new blended families. And before we talk about repartnering Barbara Rothberg, I think it might be a good idea to talk about time sharing with teenagers because it's really not the same when mm-hmm. you when you're structuring a parenting plan when Absolutely. when you know that the the children are going to be, you know, sometimes with one parent, sometimes with the other parent, you know holidays and vacations, as well as a regular rotation, what time is like for teenagers and and how to think about parenting plans for them. What is, what's your advice about
1: that? I think that's a really great question and I help parents set up parenting plans frequently and I think that as teenagers depending on the age of the children, as kids get to be teens, as I said before, they're very other oriented. They're involved in school, they're involved in activities, they're involved with friends, not just parents. They, don't, they usually go to their room and close the door. That's what teenagers do. It's not like they're hanging out with their parents the same kind of way they did when they were six and eight So usually what I recommend is a longer period of time so kids could settle in if there's a 50-50 plan and they might have had a, a real time sharing when the children were younger. I suggest when they go to high school, the end of middle school, high school they can do a week in a week. And this way kids can really settle into each house and be comfortable and have time and change houses over the weekend it's usually less stressful for kids to do a 50-50 plan a week in a week when they're in high school. If there's not a a 50-50 plan, then I suggest that they do certainly full weekends every other weekend and maybe a night during the week, maybe not, maybe just a dinner. I think this kids should have input. I believe that teenage kids can talk about what might work for them, but also know they're not making the decisions because you don't want kids to feel they're responsible for their plans. The parents make the decisions. But by the time a kid is 15, they should have some input.
0: You know, it's really kind of an interesting thing because sometimes what that input is is I don't want to go somewhere else. This is my home and I don't want to go. And how do you think Barbara Rutherford parents should deal with that resistance?
1: That's a tough one and I've dealt with it. Uh, what I usually do is talk to the kids at that point and talk to them about the other parent really misses them and wants to spend time with them and what might be an advantage of spending time with that other parent. And I try to talk to the child about how I could help that, how I could help that child be comfortable spending more time with the other parent.
0: Well, that's kind of an interesting thing because it, when I'm listening to you, it seems like it could be making the children feel responsible for the happiness of their other parent. And I don't think you mean it in that way. So no, certainly not. It, right. So it's kind of a balance, right, between... It's very
1: much a balance. And I think kids need to know that they're loved by both parents. You know, all kids aren't lucky enough to have two parents. If they do... It's kind of nice to have both parents care for them if, in fact, they really do and be involved with them. I try to see what they get from the other parent. If it's a parent they don't usually spend time with, what do they do that's special with that parent? And can they forge a special relationship to have special activities with that parent? So to make that feel good for them.
0: You know, it's really interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, you know, parenting is really a constantly evolving relationship right and even more so than a relationship between two life partners or you know friend or whatever but parenting because the children are changing and because they're changing everything is really in flux all the time and one of the things that I've heard teenage children sort of say to their parents is listen this is not your weekend it's my weekend you know and be able to push back in that way and 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 it is on the other hand parents want to spend the time with the children that they have especially when it feels like it's cut down significantly right. and so how how should divorcing parents of teenage children think about their time the children's time versus time spent with you know mom or dad
1: That's always a dilemma, because the truth is, it is the children's weekend, and it's also the parents' weekend. But I always feel that parents need to be open for the kids to make choices. For example, if a child is asked to have a sleepover on the weekend they're supposed to be with, with the other parent they don't see often, the child doesn't want to miss the sleepover. And it's not fair to say, no, you can't go on your sleepover, because this is dad's weekend. So I try to get dad to understand that what happens to teenagers and why it's important for teenagers to do things like that. And if the child goes to the sleepover, chances are that he or she will be less resentful if dad allows it and then can spend, come home and spend some better time with the father.
0: You know, Barbara Rothberg, we've been talking today about moms and dads, and I think we've been talking in in some ways in a pretty traditional view of a family where mom would be more of a primary caregiver and dad would be less involved. But that's really changing, I think, in our culture, and you see more... Dads as caregivers and, you know, moms who are the primary breadwinners and, you know, or more partnership between the traditional roles in families. And, but do you think that there is a difference, kind of just a general difference between the way women and men see this?
1: parenting in a divorce situation. Yes, what I have seen more and more is men feeling like they are equal parents to moms and wanting 50-50, which is why I started by suggesting that high school kids spend a week and a week where they really, because many of the parenting plans that I do are 50-50 because both parents feel like that's what they should have.
0: And, you know, it's really interesting because in New York, we do not have a presumption of 50-50, although many people come into a divorce process thinking that, of course, that would be natural. Other states do have a presumption, you know, from a a court perspective that, all right, we're going to start with 50-50 idea unless you show us a reason not to do that. This is kind of interesting.
1: It is interesting. And I think I think it depends on the family. I mean some people don't want fifty fifty, either moms or dads. I've had it in both ways. Um, even though traditionally moms are the ones with the main caretakers, I've had a few situations where the dads were the ones who were the main caretakers and the moms were the second. I've also worked with gay couples where there are two dads and two moms who are split up and both of them have different schedules and want different things. And sometimes it's 50-50 and sometimes it's not. So I think parenting plans really are based on whatever whatever works for the family.
0: You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. And we're also available on the podcast at divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Barbara Rothberg about parenting teens through divorce. And Barbara, if we have listeners out there who want to learn more about your practice or get more information about what you do, how can they contact you?
1: Uh, my website is www.barbararothberg.com, and I work with parents doing mediation, divorce, uh, after divorce work doing parent coordination, so I help parents who are co-parents co-parent better and learn to get along better. And I also work as a family specialist together with lawyers in collaborative divorce.
0: So let's talk about a topic that we started to mention at the beginning, at the top of the show, and that is the creation of new blended families. You talked, Barbara Rothbrook, a little bit earlier about some of the tensions that can arise when uh, newly single parents start to date and the teens see the parent, you know, going out and getting dressed up and all of that, you know, maybe falling in love and all that stuff that happens. How do teenage children approach or think about, you know, becoming part of a new family structure and how is that different than working with younger children?
1: I think because teenagers already are formed much more than, say, a six- or an eight-year-old who is much more open to doing what their parent wants, teenagers by nature are somewhat rebellious and not necessarily wanting to do what their parents want them to do. I heard a situation recently that a mom told me that her boyfriend was coming over for dinner, and she asked her daughter to please set the table, and she set the table for mom, for her and her sister, but not for the boyfriend. And she said, I told you that David was coming over for dinner. She said, I heard you. (laughs) So I thought that was a typical teenage response. And what really happens sometimes is kids don't want to accept a new person in their lives. And what I generally tell parents is that kids don't have to like the new person. There needs to be an incremental engaging, where it needs to be slow, where the child gets to meet the person slowly and becomes comfortable. And they don't have to like them. And if you give a child, free, a teenager, particularly freedom not to like this person, just you have to be civil. You have to be respectful. There are certain rules of decorum. You have to be nice to this person. You don't have to engage in lengthy conversations. But you have to be respectful to the person. And if you do that and don't push it, generally, the children will come along and teenagers will in time work this through. What's really important is for the parent to still be able to spend good time and special time with their child and not feel like the new partner is going to usurp all their time and energy. And then the child feels competition. This new person's involved and where's time for me? And particularly if the child sees the other parent, I always tell the parents, you have time when alone when your child is with your ex. So when your child is home, make that child a priority. That will help the child accept the new partner.
0: Well, what about when both new partners have children?
1: That's the next issue. And if a couple makes a commitment and they both have children, kids are having to integrate into a a whole new blended family with step siblings. And sometimes this works that easily and sometimes it's quite difficult. And ideally... Kids aren't forced upon one another, and they're each given space to be who they are and not pushed. And in time, hopefully, they can learn to adjust to each other. If all else fails, family therapy is always an option. But I think if there are rules and responsibilities and people know who they're responsible to, I always suggest that the biological parent is the one who does the discipline of their own children, and it doesn't cross until the kids are really comfortable. Because there's always that, you're not my father, you can't tell me what to do, kind of comment. You're not my mother, you don't tell me. And the truth is, it takes time till a person really, a teenager integrates who the mother is, who the stepmother is, until they can really want that person in their lives. And if it comes slowly, generally it works through. Do you think so it's. My ba- biggest advice is don't push it.
0: So do you think it's better when you're working out a parenting plan, say, each partner has two children, to have the children all together on the weekends or to try to stagger it? And it is really a challenge, you know, before you answer, because, of course, in a new couple, they want to spend time alone, right, without having children. But then, on the other hand, you want to make sure that your children get a chance to feel like they have enough time alone with their parent without that competition you've been talking about. Of
1: course. You know, there's no right answer. It depends on the kids. It depends on the parents. It depends on their relationships they all have. But ideally, I would say... It would work better if all the kids could get along and the kids are together on the same weekends and the parents have their own freedom on their weekends off. And that doesn't mean they always have to do things together. If there are four kids, each parent could do something specific with their own children and come together for dinner. So it's not like they have to be forced into doing everything together all the time, even if they're spending the same time for a weekend together. And this way, the kids can begin to integrate in some kind of way that could be positive.
0: And so how do you suggest that parents or partners figure out what the It Depends is, like how to do that? Because you know, sometimes the other parent, you know, the one who's not repartnered, will hear from it. Well, you know, Sally and Joseph don't want to go because they're always with the new girlfriend or the new boyfriend. And and that's really probably not the best person to give that message. What do you think? Well, I'm
1: sure it's not. I I always advocate for the parent to spend alone time with their own children, even if they have a good relationship with the new partner, because then the children really feel cared about and don't feel like uh, they're second, that the children are the priority, and they're always given priority, so... They know their mom or their dad that they're with spends special time with them, not just with the whole the whole Brady bunch
0: so Barbara Rothberg, are there any other pieces of advice that you have uh, divorcing parents about parenting their teenagers or working on parenting plans or repartnering as part of this divorce process that you don't think that we've really touched on enough yet?
1: um I would say in some. That it's most important not to get into a power struggle with teenagers because you'll always lose, that don't push children to do things they absolutely don't want to do because it's going to backfire, and to do things slowly and introduce new people incrementally and always make your children a priority. And I think one of the issues for new families, when they're new blended families, is the parents are very excited to be with one another. And sometimes they lose the fact that their priority really needs to be their children a good part of the time. And teenagers aren't home that much. And if there's a healthy relationship, they'll get out and do their own thing. And the parents will have time. And the reality is teenage years are a few years, then they go off to college, so we're not talking about a lifetime. We're talking about, you know, three, four, five, six years. That's it, max. And in a lifetime, that's not a lot of time. No. And if it's a long-term relationship, I like to give people a perspective to say these are important years that you'll never have them begin. So enjoy your children when you can.
0: Yeah, I think that it is really difficult with teenagers with, who always engage in a power struggle anyway, yes, exactly. you know, it, to uh, keep them out of that power struggle, when you're trying to introduce something really new and, and strange. And in our last few seconds, do you have any advice about how to do that?
1: <laughs> Just hold your breath and don't react fast.
0: <laughs> All right. And and would save it for another day, maybe?
1: I, I think that's a whole other conversation.
0: All right. Barbara Rothberg, thank you so much for being our guest on Dialogue on Divorce, talking with us about teens coping with divorce and creating new blended families.
1: And thank you for inviting me.